WSB depend on it. He's the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are America. Oh, shucky ducky is the man Shucky Ducky was a way for me to say, I am thrilled to be here. Why not just say that? Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because we're going to tell you the truth. What a novel idea. And give you the facts. Because we want you to be a part of helping to make this a better America. Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Do hey, we Herman, have you, how you on doing the today, buddy? We got you on the phone, huh? No, no, I'm here. Oh, you're here. Good, 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 good. Thanks for being with us. I thought maybe you got delayed or something. No, I'll tell you exactly what I did. I was uh, researching and doing all kinds of stuff and writing stuff, and Ashley called me and said, you coming on the program? And I said, <laughs> I'm just so deep in my work, I totally lost track of time. I understand. Sometimes that happens. You just kind of get your head down, and you just keep going. I was, and you just I was working hard, yes, exactly. Hillary has finally decided to turn over the email server. Yeah, well, and obviously she only decided to turn it over, I think, because it got to a point where the FBI was asking for it and the yeah. Justice Department. You know, look, um, again, I will start this with the warning that I always give about Hillary Clinton uh, scandals and affairs. You know, it, it always seems like that she's in big trouble. And then at the end of the day, it just sort of fades away. This one is one of those things that, you know, we've talked about it repeatedly, Herman. Uh, the email controversy just hasn't gone away. It's not right. only that the federal judge ordered the State Department to release these emails on a monthly basis. Remember, they were not they were going to drop them all on us in late January of next year. But instead, it just keeps coming out every 30 days. Yeah. Uh, you know, she stiff-armed the Republicans repeatedly on the issue of handing over the email server. So you figure it goes away now. It's a whole different story because the inspector general of the intelligence community, the inspector general of the State Department, have raised some red flags about her using this extremely unusual email arrangement when she was secretary of state and having her own personal email server, and that it's obvious that some materials went through that that were classified or sensitive material and that should not have been going out on an unsecured email. Now, the bottom line in all this is, does it really take her anyway? Does it? Does it mean anything really negative for her? I, I still think it's one of those things that's just, it's like the pebble in the shoe. It's a pain. It's there. It doesn't go away. And that in itself is bad for her. I don't think you can spin it any other way for her on this. Now, now where does it go from here? Does it get much worse? Does it turn into some kind of other investigation that really gets her in hot water? That's the big unknown. But obviously, uh, I just, you know, it's one of those things that gives her opponents and that gives the Republicans something to dig their teeth into. And it'll still be around, obviously, when she comes to testify in October. I think, uh, well, let me rephrase it. Do you think that this whole email controversy, along with polls that shows that her trustworthiness is going down is also helping the rise of Bernie Sanders amongst Democrat voters. It could. It could, though I, I still believe that uh, a lot of Democrats, uh, you know, will in the end, they will come home to the party and vote for her. There was a poll out yesterday oh, yeah. in New Hampshire last night from the Boston Herald and Franklin Pierce University that shows Bernie Sanders ahead by seven points. But at the same time, the New Hampshire likely voters surveyed in that poll, a majority said they thought that Hillary Clinton would be the nominee. 
But deeper in that poll, it said that only about one-third of them were excited about her candidacy. And I think that's a big issue for her is the, you know, eight years ago, Barack Obama hit a, a chord with a lot of Democrats and excited them to the poll. You know, they were just they motivated them. Hillary Clinton didn't have that eight years ago, and she doesn't have it again this time. And so I, I think for her, there is a motivation issue. And Democrats, Democratic voters that I've spoken to in a number of places, it's all sort of the same thing. And, ah, geez, I really don't want to vote for Hillary. Okay, well, what happens if it's Hillary versus, you know, fill-in-the-blank Republican, Bush, Walker, Rubio, whomever? Uh, I guess I'll vote for Hillary. So yeah. I, I think that kind of thing is there for her, but they're not excited about it. Whereas Bernie Sanders has obviously tapped into some of that same you know, uh, excitement that Barack Obama had eight years ago. And really, Obama didn't even have it eight years ago. It was more like seven. It was, you know, it was during the 2008 campaign. It was not in 2007 that he started drawing these big crowds. So Sanders has a, an interesting kind of thing working for him. He's taking great advantage of social media. Does this email thing play into that? I guess a little, but I think, frankly, Herman, I think it's going to be hammered on more in the trustworthiness issue more by Republicans than by fellow Democrats, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I, I, yeah it may play a little. It but may I, play a role. Yeah, I, see, I'm back to what what I had described as the typical model, and that is uh, 40% of the Democrats are going to vote for whoever the yeah, Democrat no number is. 40% of the Republicans are going to vote. You've got 4% of the, they're going to vote. You've got that 20% in the middle yep. that can be swayed by uh, the scandals or this or that. That's really what they're fighting for. I had a lady tell me yesterday when I was at lunch, just coincidentally, she could never vote for, uh, she could never vote for a Republican. She's been, you know, somebody who has been a part of that Martha's Vineyards crowd, they, they're going to vote for whoever the nominee is. And that's that 40-40-20 split that we keep talking about. Yeah, and the other thing that you see, for example, right now, when you look at independent voters, I think it's it's interesting, is that there's a source there of worry, I think, for for Hillary Clinton. Among independents, some of the polling numbers are showing that Hillary Clinton is disliked as much among independents as Donald Trump is. Hmm. See, the difference is, is that Hillary has a much stronger wellspring to fall back on in the Democratic Party than Donald Trump would in the Republican Party. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that's exactly what your point is, that some people will vote, what's the old line, the yellow-bellied Democrat. Yep. You know, I mean, some people, or yellow-dog Democrat, they'll vote for the, the yellow-dog. It doesn't matter who's on the ballot. They'll vote for the Democrat. And frankly, a lot of Republicans are the same way, too. And and you are fighting over that small group in the middle. So the, the independents that frown on her, yeah, I do think that's a big deal. Then again, I would assume she's going to have pretty strong support, even if she is the Democratic nominee. So, uh, you know, we could look back on this and say, oh, well, it was just that little, uh, you know, jump up for Bernie Sanders, and then it didn't really mount anything. Or is it an indicator of something else? We just don't know the answer to that right now. But frankly, wouldn't you rather be ahead in the polls right now than behind? Of course you would. <laughs> of course you would. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, we'll just have to see how it unfolds. We talked today more about you know, the Hillary, Bernie Sanders things, because we really haven't spent a lot of time talking about it because of all of the debate about the debates, the Republican debates and the next debates. Have you heard anything more about 
the financial challenges of the Centurum campaign and the Rick Perry campaign. You know, not anything more. I mean, uh, Perry put out, I just saw that he's going to have two days in South Carolina at the end of this week. I think he's going to be there on Friday and Saturday. And he personally put out a plea for donations yesterday. Santorum still is chugging along. You know, I think Santorum reminds me of he's one of those low-budget kind of uh, guys that can he'll keep going almost no matter what. You know what I mean, Herman? I mean, frankly, he's still in debt from four years ago. So money troubles didn't stop him then. Right. And I would assume that uh, he will keep plugging along. But let's be realistic. I mean, the new polling numbers that uh, came out in the last couple of days in terms of the Iowa polls, let's look at the breakdown here. Santorum in the late the last four Iowa polls had zero percent, three percent, two percent, and one percent. Perry was almost the same one percent, two percent, two percent, three percent. You know, they're struggling in Iowa, and frankly, neither of them is probably going to do that well in New Hampshire. Perry might have a little better chance than Santorum. And that leaves you down then to where you're going to make a stand in the South. And I think that, you know, Ted Cruz, to me, is the guy that is probably going to siphon away support from a Perry or a Santorum or others in the South, starting in South Carolina and maybe into the March 1st primaries. I just think it's a tough road forward, not only for Perry and Santorum, but also for Bobby Jindal as well. Bobby Jindal and Gil Morse doesn't seem to be getting an attraction. He wasn't even invited to the next debate. Yeah, no, I, I don't think we'll talk much about Gilmore. And yep. frankly, uh, you know, let's be realistic. Nothing against uh, the former governor of New York, George Pataki, but he's not exactly registering either. So in, in a sense, the shakeout is already starting. Now, it's Bobby Jindal Bobby Jindal is going to try really hard. And I saw uh, some stuff with him in uh, Iowa uh, yesterday, and his people are being aggressive in getting him out. He just it, It's like sometimes, sometimes you catch fire. You know what I mean, Herman? Yeah. Sometimes it works. And sometimes everything is ready and it just doesn't. And, and I mean, yeah. I think if there's one person who really has to look back and shake his head about four years ago, it would be Rick Perry. It was all set up for him four years ago and he was unable to follow through on it. And and really that next time around, sometimes it just doesn't work as well. Well, it's very similar to remember before Scott Walker declared, you know, he was rising in the polls. That was yep. great anticipation. And then and then he does the first debate and it kind of goes thud. Okay, and see the same thing happened with Rick Perry four years ago. Yep. All of this built up and pre hype and, and happen, all of that, yeah. and it didn't happen. And so the next time around, now you mentioned the Centurum still has some debt from the last time. Do you know how much? Or the uh, yeah, I think it was uh, about a half million dollars, if I remember correctly, okay. the last okay. time I looked. But I know that some of the candidates were millions of dollars in debt, and they're still wrestling. I with believe it. Newt Gingrich still has about yeah. four and a half million. Yes, right. Yeah, well, some of that hey. owed to you, if I remember correctly. And and and, and see. Uh, and see, the thing, the thing about it is, you know, you're absolutely right with the Rick Perry situation. Um, when you when the news is out that you can't pay your folks, uh, I'm telling you, that's not, that's not a good sign. It just that, snowballs that, that, and it goes just, the wrong way. Snowball. Yeah, the and, only way to turn around, I really think, Herman, would be for his super PAC to blitz ads in New Hampshire and Iowa and see if you can raise your numbers that way. I don't think it'll work. It, it, well, you know, <laughs> look, it's a big field, and that's the other problem. Yeah. It's not like uh, four years ago when you were in there and there was a manageable number. There's a large number of candidates, all of whom uh, can attract interest for a variety of reasons. So the, the sort of the, the thumbnail still right now, Trump ahead in Iowa, Trump ahead in New Hampshire with uh, Bush and Walker right behind nationally as well. I don't know if Trump's numbers have peaked, but in some of the polls, he is down a touch from where he was last week. Maybe it's just noise. Uh, you know, we'll have to see. I don't think realistically, I don't think the fight over Megyn Kelly and Fox News and the questions in the debate no. or the dust-up in the red state thing last week, I don't think any of that's going to be remembered, no. really, in the long run. I would agree. But, 
you know, it's all sort of the, uh, the, the, the back and forth and the daily ups and downs. You know, it's sort of like watching the stock markets. If you pay attention to it all day long, there's going to seem to be a lot more swings than if you just check in at the end of the day and see what happened. So moving to another subject, which Democrats are complaining about the number of Democrat debates? Uh, well, sort of everybody but Hillary. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Martin O'Malley wants more. Bernie Sanders wants more. Again, I'll emphasize that uh, the Republicans, for example, will have a debate in Iowa in January. They will have a debate in New Hampshire in late January, or maybe it's even early February, right? Yeah. I think it might be early February, the weekend before the primary. The Democrats will have their last debate in Iowa November 14th, the only one. Uh, uh, Democrats will have their last debate in New Hampshire, their only one, December 19th. That's the Saturday before Christmas. I mean, come on, who's... Really? Yeah, that's and that's the only debate. So there will be no debates for the Democrats in either Iowa or New Hampshire in the month of January. Well, they don't vote until February in those two states. So I think you'll hear more about... Let's uh, let's say this. Let's just say Hillary Clinton falls behind, actually, in the race. There may be uh, a reason they may have more debates. We'll have to see. Interesting. Thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to The Herman Cain Show. Credible. Credible. Experienced. Engaging. Herman Cain. He keeps it real. He gives it to you as it is. Daily solutions for a better America. I wish this next Republican debate was next week, actually, so we could see who else is going to bite the dust. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.